Good evening, youth. How are the youth tonight? Praise the Lord. Does somebody know Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 3? All right, whoever gets up here first, come on, come a-running. Praise the Lord. Is this working? Can this one work? All right, you got it. Go ahead. Muted. Give her another whirl. Romans 8, 1, 1 through 3. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the How did he do it? On account of sin, he condemned it, sin in the flesh. Pretty, pretty close. I think you missed a couple of words. God did by sending his own son. There you go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right, youth, you can be dismissed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to have our children know the word of God. Proverbs continually writes as a father to his son. Um, praise the Lord Jesus. Uh, as a father to his son. Uh, telling him about the word. And so Proverbs 4, he's still writing to his son. He said, my son, attend unto my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. I'm just telling you, we put that word in our children's hearts and in their mouth and in their mind, and it's life and it's health to them. If we wait until they're adults... There's too many things that have happened as they grow up and they know the word of God. Amen. For those of you that have young children, I already know that in a WANA program, they're giving them memory verses, their things. I just encourage you, moms and dads, go home and work those scriptures with them. You'll learn those scriptures for yourself so that they'll be down in your heart if you don't already know them. It'll be working with them. But working with them concerning the word and the discipleship that will come, it, that word will be life and health to all their flesh. If you just leave it up to the children's ministry, and then as they get older and go to school, the different influences in their life, they'll be pulled to and fro. But as we uh, work with them, we put the word of God in them. We agree with them according to the word of God. It becomes life and health 
to all their flesh. So I just encourage you in that. Praise the Lord. If you weren't here uh, this evening or, or this morning, if you weren't watching this morning uh, and weren't prepared with your local church tithes and offerings, we want to give you an opportunity to give. If you're making out a check, uh, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card and uh, you want a tax receipt for giving, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an envelope. If you're watching online, you can give by online or you can give on, uh, by text. If you're watching and you don't want to give online, or by text, you can mail it in. Uh, the address is up there. Uh, we are so uh, grateful. We're so thankful for your generosity always. And uh, uh, things are going on, and, and we're able to accomplish uh, ministry, uh, not only here but around the world, because of your generosity. And so we thank you so much for that. We believe that God's uh, blessing is coming upon you and overtaking you in every way. And so in John, John said this, he said, I pray above all things, I pray above all things that you would prosper and that you would be in health even as your soul prospers. And so God wants us to have our hearts and our minds filled with the word of God. And so from that place of being filled with the word of God, our bodies become healed and our lives become prosperous. And so uh, the word is incredibly important the moving of the Spirit of God, but uh, God creates an avenue in every way, shape, and form for us to be generous with not just our, our material goods, but generous with our life. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We ready? Let's just pray over your offering, and I know you won't give right now. You can give in the receptacles on the, uh, out front or on the side here, but Father, we just thank you right now uh, for each and every opportunity that we have to give. We're so grateful, we're so thankful for the covenant that we have through the Lord Jesus Christ. And by that covenant, everything that we have belongs to you and everything that you have belongs to us. It's a covenant rule. It's a covenant. It's what covenant is all about. And you made that covenant with us so we could possess everything that we have need of for life and godliness. We could possess all that heaven has to offer. And you said if we just acknowledge that by bringing a tenth of what we receive to you, to acknowledge it belongs to you, that you would open up the windows of heaven over our life, pour out blessings that there would not be room enough to receive it. God, I'm so thankful for that promise. I, I declare that the windows of heaven are open over this people, blessings that there would not be room enough to contain it, and for that major reason that you bless us to be a blessing. And when we realize there's such blessing, there's not a room enough for us to contain it, we become more and more generous. And our generosity, your word says, brings thanksgiving to you, God, through us, through our giving. And so we thank you for the multitudes that will be reached. We thank you for the blessing upon each and every life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Open your Bibles with me to Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the 10th chapter. I want to Thank Pastor Tasha for bringing the message this morning to start off our new year. It was uh, amazing, wasn't it? Praise the Lord. Uh, about, you know, just the, the prayer, uh, the way that, uh, the, really, the, the house of God and that place of prayer, angels ascending and descending, uh, the legacy or the, the heritage that uh, we have in God and how that works in those areas. So, uh, man, that was an awesome, awesome message. Romans, the 10th chapter, we're talking on Sunday night about faith's confession. And in Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, we, something we, we know or we should know, uh, but as we look at it, uh, we want to continue in it and uh, really begin to look at it 
uh, in the way that we ought to. Excuse me, I'm, I'm having a little, can I, I'm getting just a little echo in my head here. Maybe not everyone, there we go. Not too much, then I can't hear, but praise the Lord. Romans chapter 10, and starting in verse 8. He said, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so as we've been looking at that, you know, we can say that we have faith. James came from a totally different perspective. He says, you want to talk about your faith? He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. But we begin with understanding that faith is in the heart. But it's not just in the heart. Faith is in the heart and in the mouth. And so if we don't have some things corresponding action, so many times we just think, you know what? I have faith in my heart. I believe in my heart. But when we believe in our heart, God, the believing that God wants us to have is really a conviction of the truthfulness of God's word, an adherence to, a reliance upon, and a dependence upon God and his word. Well, why would he want us to be convinced that it's true? Why would he want us to rely upon it, depend upon it, be faithful to it, if we weren't going to do something with it, right? And so it's not just about, you know what, I believe that. It's really what do we believe and what are we going to do with what we believe? What are we going to do with what we believe about what God said? And when we start to believe and to understand the power of our words, as Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says, that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit of it. Right? So he says, those who love the tongue, love, those who love to talk will eat the fruit of what they say. So when you love the fruit of what you say, you might want to make sure that what you're saying are words of life and not words of death. And it's so easy sometimes to go through life and not give attention to what we're saying. It's so easy to get caught up because there's so many voices that are in the world. There's so many things that are being said. There's so many things that we are listening to. And the principle that applies as we read through, if you continue down in Romans chapter 10, is that faith, 10:17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we can make it a little bit more understandable this way, that faith in God, faith in God and all that God has done comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? But so many of you already know this, that whether it's your, your views of the United States, your political views, whatever it is, uh, like it or not, faith comes by faith in that comes by hearing and hearing what others say. So if we're not watchful to what we're listening to, something else begins to develop in our heart. So really, you, you may have found this out already, but if all you've been listening to since March is the news, you believe all kinds of different things that you may have never believed before March. Why? Because you're hearing and hearing and hearing. You may believe things after November that you never thought you'd ever believe. And so the principle is true. It's not that you can't believe those things. You can't believe what somebody says, but I'm just stating the case that you will believe what you continue to listen to. And I'm just going to submit to you that in 2021, if we will take time to listen to the word of God more than we ever have before, not to listen religiously, but to listen with ears to hear what the spirit of God is saying right now. See, God's doing things right now. 
I love that, uh, the, the picture that Pastor Tasha had up there uh, this morning. She just illustrated, you know, it was an artist's illustration, but you could see, you know, the angels ascending and descending into heaven. There's Jacob laying down in his dream, and the angels are ascending and descending into heaven, and God is doing something, and God's not doing something behind the scenes. We say, well, behind the scenes. No, God's doing something in front of the scenes. In other, in, scene. in other words, God wants us to begin to recognize and hear what the Spirit of God is saying and see what the Spirit of God is doing, not just look at the temporal that's right before our eyes and the things that would frustrate us day to day or bring us joy just day to day, but begin to look through and say, today is just a a space in time that is working something far greater to eternity. Paul even said that about his sufferings. You know, when he was in the middle of suffering, he said, listen, my, my suffering is working a far greater weight of glory. See, if we look at our suffering today, we get discouraged, we begin to moan, we begin to complain, we begin to say, why, God, is this happening to me? God, are you even here? What are you doing? But when we get the word of God in our heart, and God begins to show us what he has been doing, what he is doing, and what he will continue to do, and that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, we begin to say, with Paul, today's present suffering is nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed, because God is going to reveal his glory. The Bible says that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all of the earth, and if you're not seeing the glory of the Lord right now, it is God's plan that you see his glory that you experience his glory, his presence, and his power like never before. And it's his presence and his power that's going to carry you through situations that you would say, man, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why I'm suffering. But part of getting from where you are to the glory of God is to begin to declare like Paul did. Today's present suffering, I'm not going to give it the time of day to complain about it, to murmur about it, to wonder where God is in the midst of it. I'm not going to give it that time. I'm just going to let you know today's present suffering is not the end of my story for the glory yet to be revealed. And too often we get our words caught in what we're feeling right now instead of what God has said about us. And what's going to take us through the strategy and the test that the enemy has brought is by declaring what God has said, not what is happening right now, but what God has said about our lives. Turn over to Psalms chapter 19. God is usually at work, as we read through the scripture, doing something that is not what we anticipated. Has anybody ever found out that when God speaks to you, you slightly misinterpret how that's going to look? You slightly misinterpret how that's going to look. And therefore, because of our misinterpretation, we abandon our confession about that. And we actually say something like, why didn't it happen the way it was supposed to? But if we just continue to confess, we'll begin to see that it's happening how God wanted it to happen. I'll just give you this example. Some of you may feel the same way. Some of you may not. And so we'll just let the chips fall where they may. But, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Tasha made reference to this this morning. Uh, Again, she just said, you know, when we entered into 2020, you know, it was so easy to say 2020 vision. 
And so we went in and we're like, man, 2020 vision, what a great year. We're going to see and we're going to know in 2020 vision. And then all the things hit. And some people were just going like, what is going on? Uh, this isn't like 2020 vision. But if you stay with it, it might not look like you thought it was going to look. But if you took advantage of what God was doing in this time, you have greater clarity of who God is in your life. You have a greater clarity of what you are doing with your time and where you're spending your time. Some people had a greater clarity of where their family life had gone. Right? There was a greater clarity when all of a sudden they said, you're going to spend 14 days at home alone with your spouse. And some of you got that wired, but some of you were, had a rude awakening, and, and too many people had a real rude awakening, and there was domestic violence. But even where there wasn't, you were just like, uh, I know for us, you know, it was just about the first two days. When I get up in the morning, I get my coffee, and, and I read the Word, and I walk and I pray. I, I walk and I pray. I don't sit still and pray. I walk and pray. So now I'm at home, and so it seems like I just go down and get my coffee. I'm walking back and forth in the living room, and I'm praying. This is just what I do. And Tasha is trying to do what she does which isn't having me walk and pray in the middle of everything she's doing. And so we quickly had to say, um, we're going to have to figure out how this works for us. Because I, know I normally get up in the morning and I drive here and I walk and pray. But when they first said stay at home, then I was staying home doing what I do. But Tasha is always, she doesn't come here in the morning to pray. She's at home. So I disrupted her whole routine. And so we had to stop and say, okay, what does this look like? And we made adaptations, but it helped us to see how we make adaptations to one another and see more clearly how we can work together instead of just get stuck in our own rut of how we're doing things. And I can't tell you how many people I've talked to in the last week uh, or since Christmas that have just pulled me aside and said, you know, I keep hearing how bad of a year 2020 was, but I'm just telling you. The 2020 was a good year for me. So you know what? I might not have made as much money. I might not have, uh, but man, my relationship with God is better than it's ever been. So for some people, 2020 didn't look like you thought it would look, but 2020 ended up being a year of vision, a year of vision. Sometimes God's going to speak his word to you, and you're going to put your own interpretation on it. But sometimes we just need to look back and begin to, to say, God, what do you want me to see? What is it that I, you want me to declare about this so I don't end up becoming God and telling you how it's supposed to turn out, but I really want to see the outcome that you designed? And there's just something about going through it. And, and, and again, the message this morning, I just want to encourage you, if you, didn't, you weren't here, listen to it. But the message this morning, how uh, uh, Jacob has that dream and God declares to him the blessing of God that was upon Abraham and that was upon him. And it would go to generations. And then five generations later, he's blessing those grandchildren in such a way that, that he has declared through. But you have to understand, we were talking about this today, that Jacob didn't just sit there and go, whoo, life is awesome, man. God's just blessing us. You have to understand that Jacob's favorite son, as far as Jacob knew, was dead. He mourned the loss of Joseph. It wasn't all peaches and cream for him. And then when, it, when drought hit and all that, he sent his sons and his sons came back and his sons said, uh, we aren't going to get fed. We're not going to get help. 
unless Benjamin comes with us. And Abraham said, here we go again. I'm going to lose another son. I'm going to lose Benjamin. So he went through loss. He went through grief. He went through struggle. He went through a time of concern and worry, but yet he still hold fast to the promises of God. And because he did, God took care of him and he blessed those two boys and said, all of Israel will declare uh, the, the blessing that's on Ephraim and Manasseh. Sometimes we're like, you know what? This is just God's blessed me. It's just going to be a blessing. And all of a sudden, bam, we run into tragedy and our words change. They don't continue to declare that I am blessed of God. Because we don't feel blessed of God. We feel like something's been stolen from us. We feel like something has really uh, messed with us. But we begin to speak in accordance with what the devil has done to bring destruction and loss. And we begin to declare, I have great loss. My life might be over because this has ended. Even Jacob said, you know what? If he goes and dies, I'm dying. I'm not giving up another son. We run into those things. But in the end, God has a plan. And God says, if I can continue, if I can get you to believe in my plan, if I can get you to see past the present and through into the very image of the glory that I have prepared for you to walk in, that you'll get through these trials and you'll get to the other place and you'll get to see the glory that I have prepared for you. Amen. In 1 Peter chapter 5, he tells us to cast all our care upon him because he cares for us. He goes on to say that even if for need be, for a moment, for a time, you have suffering. But when you come out of this suffering, God will perfect you. He will strengthen you, and he will establish you. Sometimes it's just a matter of saying, listen, I'm going through this period of time in my life, but I declare in the name of Jesus, I've come to this point to go through it, not to stop, not to die, not to quit, not to abandon the promise of God, but I've come to this very place to go through some things to get to the glory that has yet to be revealed. And I'm telling you as individuals and as the body that you've not yet seen the glory that God has planned to reveal to you. So no matter what the struggle, no matter what the situation, do not dwell on the situation, but say today's situation may seem rough, but it's nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed in my life. It's nothing compared to what God plans on showing me about the purpose and the plan and the destiny that he's already set forth and set in motion for my life. And in my life, he set forth things for my children and my children's children. And I can tell you, just uh, from experience, if you're having difficulty and your children are struggling with the word of God, it's not time to, to be in distress over what they're doing. It's time to find the scriptures and declare the word of God over them. Let your prayer life be full of the word of God, declaring what God has already said about them, interceding for them, not about the woes and not about the direction that they're, the wrong direction that they're going, but to stand and declare the word of the Lord. It's powerful. It's powerful. Because declaring and praying the word of God and being consistent and persistent with the word of God has 100% success. As Pastor Tasha said today. I'm just quoting her today. She had a great message. But 100% success. We don't think so because we begin to abandon that word and we begin to get our whys and our what's and our feelings involved 
But when the word of God is in our heart and in our mouth. And so Psalms 19 Psalms 19, verse 14, he says this, he said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. My strength and my redeemer. Let us come to a place in 2021 that that's our heart's cry. God, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my Lord and my Redeemer. Not I can say whatever I want to say. God, is what I'm saying acceptable in your sight? Is the words that are coming out of my mouth, are they something that is acceptable to you? Is it something that I would say if you were right here in my presence? Is it something that I would say if Jesus was standing right next to me? Boy, that got quiet. <laughs> See, because that realization that we don't have, I can say whatever I want, and then I'll repent in my prayer closet because that's where Jesus is. Unfortunately, D Jesus doesn't have that same opinion of that's where he is. <laughs> Jesus doesn't have the opinion that I'm in your prayer closet, and whenever you come in there, fluff it up real nice, be a little bit religious, and, and, and repent. Jesus said, I've already made a declaration and a covenant to live in you and to go wherever you go. So if we're conscious of the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart is acceptable in his sight, are we thinking, God, is what I just said acceptable if you're standing right next to me? No, I wouldn't say that if Jesus was right here. Well, we have to have that realization. He's right here. If we're going to live in the presence and the power of God in a day, on a daily basis, we're going to have to be aware that he's present wherever we are. And he's there by the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us with what to say, to help us with what to do, to help us with how we see a situation and how we observe the things that are going on. He's there every single day, in every single way, in every single minute of every single day. So the words of our mouth are incredibly important, their life and their health to all who find them. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Seeing then that we have a high, great high priest who has passed through the heavens... Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. I want to read it from the Amplified. The Amplified says it like this, Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in him. Let's hold fast our confession of faith. Our confession, what we say, is vitally important. We have a high priest, and the high priest was that one who always represented man to God and God to man. Jesus is the one who always represents man to God and God to man. He is the son of man and the son of God. He has just as great a hold on God as he has on us and a greater hold on us as he has on God. And he's standing in between, and he's taking the words that we speak, and he is, he is representing those words to God. 
He's representing our confession to God. He's the high priest. One person said he's the high priest over our confession. To take that which we say, and as Jeremiah said, he said, I faithfully watch over my word to perform it. When we talk about the confession of our faith, one of the most important places of the confession of our faith is in our prayer life. If you want to begin to get your confession right, it's really beginning a place where you speak to God in his language in your prayer life. That you hold the word, E.W. Kenyon said this, he said, prayer is simply lifting God's word up to him like a mirror. It's simply lifting up his word to him like a mirror. Isaiah said this, he said, put me in remembrance of my word. The conversation that God would love to have with us in prayer is something that is his word. Because he can get to going on his word. Angels begin to ascend and descend at the word of God, at the declaration of God's word, at that place of fellowship or or, uh, that place of devotion in our prayer. We're communing with God. We're talking about the words and what he's done for us and how grateful and thankful we are for what? You know, there's that place where we offer up the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips to God. One person said, praise is the highest form of prayer. When we begin to praise him, and so we begin to offer up that sacrifice of praise, that place where we're in communion and we're in devotion with God. We're telling God how much we love him and how thankful we are to him. But sometimes we're just like, God, I love you, and God, I'm thankful, and thank you, God. And, and, And we just go over, but what are we thankful for? Do you know what you're thankful for? You can just say, God, I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful that the blood of Jesus has washed me and cleansed me. It's all in his word. We begin to speak his word back to him. And as we begin to speak his word to him in devotion, he begins to reveal the the essence, the meaning of his word to us. And there's a communion that goes on. There's a back and forth that goes on. As we begin to talk to him, his word, the Holy Spirit then begins to reveal even more of his word to us and how the word applies to us. And we commune and have devotion. And when he begins to reveal that to us, he's also revealing the essence and the power of his word. So we step into that place of the prayer of faith that changes things. And we begin to declare the word of God and things change. That prayer of devotion, that prayer of commitment to God is different than that prayer of faith. And there's a difference in a prayer of intercession. But in all those prayers, we commune with God and we speak God's word either on the behalf of someone else or we speak the word of God to change things or we bring a consecration of our life to God so that his will will be done, not mine. But in all of it, we begin to hide the word of God in our heart. Because once it's in our heart and it's deep in our heart, it begins to come out of our mouth. Turn over to, where do I want to go? Praise the Lord. Turn over to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 43. 
I just want to challenge us in this time of, of prayer and fasting. Uh, we began, I mean, we, we began last month as we were coming to the end of this, talking about our faith confession. And so much that we were hearing, but I challenge us to really understand and perceive words that aren't helpful to us and just fast those. To make a commitment to, to, to speak and to put, to fill our hearts with the word of God for the reason that we might speak the word of God and we might see more of the word of God come to pass in our life than we've ever seen before. And Luke, Jesus is talking here and he says, verse 43, he says, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bushes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so God wants us to allow, as Colossians chapter 3 says, that we should let the word of God dwell in us richly in all wisdom. That we should let the word of God dwell or abide or live on the inside of us richly with all wisdom. And then he says, when you let that word of God dwell in you richly, there's something that starts to flow out of that word of God in you and the wisdom that it brings. You begin to teach and admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He said there's something that starts to take place. When the word of God is dwelling in you richly, it begins to stir up wisdom for life. And when that wisdom for life gets stirred up, you want to talk that wisdom, that word to people. You want to sing about what God has done and what God is doing. You want to pray out what God has been saying, what God is doing. Sometimes we find ourselves saying, you know what, I just don't want to talk about God all the time. But you don't have to talk about God all the time. You just, it, it's just beneficial not to necessarily talk about God, but to talk to every situation the way God would talk to every situation. Right? So we sometimes think, well, if, I, if I'm going to have this confession I just gotta, and I'm going to talk to people, I just have to talk to people the, the word and talk about God everywhere I go. But really, God is just with you everywhere you go. You want to talk about God, but you want, we want to talk like God everywhere we go. Because no situation that confronts us, whether it's somebody that needs healing or help, somebody that needs deliverance, whether it's an attack of the enemy that comes against our body or comes against our finances or our life, there's not one of those things that if God speaks to it, it won't change. He's the one that turns everything around. And he could speak to it in a moment. When he, all creation was there, he said, light be and light was. You say, well, I'm just waiting for God to speak to my situation. But God didn't say he would speak to your situation. God didn't say he would speak to your mountain. God said, you speak to your mountain. So what am I going to speak to my mountain? Well, I don't know. What is your mountain? If your mountain is sickness, God gives you plenty of things that he would say to your mountain. If your mountain is financial difficulty, God says many things about your finances that you could say to that mountain. We don't want to just talk about God to our mountain. We want to say what God has said to our mountain, to our circumstance, to our situation. 
We want to begin to talk as if God was with us, God was speaking through us, God was saying what needs to be said. Said that a couple of weeks ago, you know, as we were going through that leadership training, and, and just in March, everything hit. And, uh, you know, the leader of that said, you know, everybody, you, you know, gets to a place where something happens and we got to do something, we got to do something, we got to do something. And he just said, you know what, I caution you, don't just do something. Stop and see what needs to be done. And as I was meditating on this in the words of our mouth, it just came up out of me, that, that same thinking. Everybody wants to say something. Emotions hit, and, and, and trials hit, and situations hit. And it's just like, I got to say something, man. My emotions are stirred up. I got to say something. I got to say something. I got to say something. It's not as important to say something unless you're going to say what needs to be said. You can talk about a lot of things, but what's going to have importance, what's going to change the situations of life are saying what needs to be said at the moment. And we can't say it if it's not in our heart. You can pull some things out of your head, but it's what's in your heart that ends up coming out of your mouth. And you'll notice that. I mean, I'll just try to be a little bit transparent, you know, but, you know, in the beginning of the fall, you know, we were very interested about the elections, what were going on with the elections, and, you know, just listening a lot to it. But I found out that most of the conversations that I got into were about that. And I had to stop and say, you know what? I'm getting too much of this filling my heart. So how do you know that? Well, because that was what was coming out of my mouth. And so I had to turn the TV off, turn the news off. Had to start listening to, to downloads and uh, listening and getting into the Word of God more and take the, the balance that had gotten off. And you can find that out. What is it that I want to talk about? What is, it, what is it that I want to talk about right now? And say, what is it that's in my heart that always wants to come out? Do I want to talk about my distress? Do I want to talk about my problem? Do I want to talk about my bad marriage? Do I want to talk about the trouble? Or am I, am I ready to talk about what God's doing? Am I ready to talk about what's changing in my life? Am I ready to say what God would say about those things? And if we're saying, you know, that's very hard for me to do, I'm endeavoring to encourage us to say, listen, the treasure of your heart. God says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Let it live there. Turn over to John chapter 15. Sorry, I'm kind of stumbling through this. In my study and my prayer time, it really rolled out a lot easier. Not sure. John chapter 15, in verse 1. Again, not scriptures that you're probably not familiar, you are familiar with already, but I believe they bear repeating. And I, I just put myself in the company with Peter, uh, not at that level, because he's, he's St. Peter. I'm, I'm St. Mark. It's just a little lower. <laughs> I have to be careful what I say. I am a saint. So. Uh, we all are saints of God. Anyway, he says this, uh, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me does, that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Come on. Come on. When the enemy wants to say, you just have to know. The word's already been spoken to me. If I've received it, I'm already clean because of the word that was spoken to me. 
But then listen, he said, that word that came to you, he said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So he said, listen, my word, my word that I came and that I redeemed you from sin, that the kingdom of God has come near you, it's already broken that stuff off of you. But now you have to abide in me and I in you. So we look at that and we say, okay, well, there's the new birth. I've accepted Jesus Christ into my heart. I abide in him, he abides in me. But Jesus then went a little bit further and he said, I am the true vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, it's cast out as a branch and withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. So he said, listen, if you're not abiding in me, if you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart, if he doesn't live in you by faith, if you don't understand, I'm in him and he's in me, and I need that to do anything in life. Anything of eternal value that you're going to do, you have to do because Jesus lives in you. You have to do it by the grace and the power of God. There's not a struggle there. We're trying to do things to please God and say uh, on our own. And he says, listen, if you're trying to do this all on your own, it's never going to happen. It's me in you and you in me that causes fruit to abound. Jesus said, if you set yourself apart from me to try to do something eternal, you can't do anything eternal without me. But then he goes on to say this, not just do I live in you and you live in me, but he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so you'll be my disciple. So he says, we're born again and Jesus comes to live on the inside of us. He speaks the word to us and we realize that Jesus has died for our sins. And so because of that word that he has spoken, the power of sin can be broken over our life. And so we receive him as Lord and Savior and he comes to live in us and we live in him. But he said, there's a, a process of fruitfulness that takes place. But in our prayer life and in our speech, he says, if you're going to be productive in what you do, then my words have to abide in you. And when my words abide in you, your requests, your confession, your declaration will come out as the word of God. And God recognizes his word and he watches over it to perform it. And so how could Jesus say, whatever you ask, if you're full of the word and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will and God will give it to you because God knows that he's watching over his word to perform it. And if your heart is full of his word, that what you are going to desire and request comes out of the abundance of your heart. And that request that you make out of the abundance of your heart, that you are letting the word of God abide in you richly. You're not just born again. His words reside in you. They resound in you. Then you begin to declare and ask and praise according to the outflow of that word that is within us. And God's watching over it to perform it. We've said this before, you know, but even this morning, the angels are coming and they're going on account of God's word to accomplish his word. And some people may say, well, I'm not sure about that. But we've gone to Daniel, Daniel chapter 10, and Daniel's on his knees and he's praying. He's praying for what God is doing and he wants to understand what God is doing. And guess who showed up to give him understanding? The angel of the Lord showed up. And he said, I'm here on account of your what? I'm here on account of your words. 
Some words were coming out of Daniel's heart that reached heaven. And the moment that his words were heard in heaven, a dispatch went out of heaven. And God said, I want you, angelic help, to move and to take off and to deliver the answer. And the angel said, I came to deliver the answer, but I ran into a principality. I ran into a demonic spirit that didn't want you to have the answer. And I wrestled with that principality. And we could just go, you know... The devil's wrestling with it, and why does the devil get involved? But listen, God still wants the answer. That angel told Daniel, he said, listen, on account of your words, I was sent from heaven. And the principality of Persia held me up and wrestled with me. But God so wanted the answer to get through, he sent the warring angel, Michael, the warring angel, to wrestle with the principality so the angel that needed to get through to Daniel would be set free to bring the answer. All on account of his words. The most important place for our confession to be right, our confession to be in line with God's word, is our prayer life. That we're communing with God. As we receive from God, as we receive vision from God, as we receive purpose from God, as we receive from the word of God the revelation of life, that we begin to declare and agree with that word. Because it's important if Tasha and I pray that any two agree touching any one thing that they ask, it'll be done by the Father which is in heaven. But it's more important that we're agreeing. When we agree, we are agreeing with him. And in fact, if we just put that two or more gathered together, two agreeing in his name, you don't even really need anybody else. You agree with him. That makes two. And so we, as we fill our hearts with the word of God, and we commit ourselves to begin to speak and, and put a check on the things that we say, that we really begin to see what God is saying. As we put the word of God in our heart, the word of God is alive. It's quick and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It has the ability to, to divide or to penetrate between the soul and the spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Why is it doing that? Why is it so powerful? Because God wants to create vision for you. God wants to create purpose for you. And the life of these words actually is intended to create pictures it's intended that when you read the word of God, that by Jesus' stripes, I was healed. And you meditate on that. If I was healed, then I am healed. And he purchased my healing and my deliverance for me. He took my infirmities and he bore my sicknesses. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by his stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. And if he already took my infirmities and took my sicknesses, what does that look like? That means he took them, I don't have them. What do I look like healed and whole? Most of us know what we look like weak or when we're sick or when we feel bad. But when that attacks, do we confirm that or do we begin to see, no, I see myself healthy and whole. I see myself coming out of this. Can you see yourself prospering in the way that God wants you to prosper? Can you see yourself declaring to somebody that you know, a relative? Can you see yourself sharing the word of God with them? Can you see yourself as an ambassador of Jesus Christ, telling people, pleading with people, come to Jesus, be reconciled to God? 
Sometimes we can't because we're just trying to get through. But he says, listen, if I could get you to see yourself as an ambassador of Christ, knowing you're reconciled, to see that you represent me everywhere you go. And heaven and the name of Jesus is at your disposal to represent that. Then you begin to be bold and say, listen, I'm a representative. And you see yourself differently. You be, begin to respond differently. You begin to speak differently than you would because you're beginning to see what the word is creating in you. It's creating that vision. You begin to see yourself if you struggled seeing yourself as a good parent, a good husband, a good wife, you can begin to look at the word of God and seeing change, seeing what it means to love and respect one another, to honor one another, to give place to one another. What does that mean for me to move over and give them place? If you see that it's being taken advantage of, you're not seeing it right. If you see it as being a loving person that supports the other person, you're starting to see it in the perspective that it is to be seen. And when you see those things, you begin to declare and speak with them. Because you've probably said it. If you haven't, you've talked to somebody in the same situation. That you've told them, you know what, life can be good. And God wants to prosper you. You know what, you're very talented. And what do they say in essence if they don't say it directly? You know, I don't see that happening. I don't see me being able to do that. God says, I want you to see you as I see you. And he says, so I've given you my word. And when you look into it, it is intended to be like a mirror. And that when you look into this as a mirror, and you let the spirit of God be Lord of your life, not you be Lord, not you say, God, now this part of it right here, I like. The nose job over here, not so. No, when you look and say, man, that looks like Jesus. And this is what religion has done for generations and generations. We look at it and we say, that looks like Jesus. That looks like Jesus. And then religion says, don't you think you can be like Jesus? Only Jesus can be like Jesus. But Jesus said, I want you to be like me. Jesus said, I died for you to be more like me than like you were before you received me. She said, I put all these words in here and if you just read them, you could read them like a book. But if you read them and allow the spirit to be Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will begin to show you a reflection of who he's created you to be. And he'll begin to work a transformation to be what you see that you can be. And he'll begin to work a transformation from one degree of glory to the next, even as by the Spirit of God. And when we begin to see the glory of God in our midst like that, the glory of God, then our confession begins to be what the Apostle Paul's confession was, is, listen, I've seen it. I've seen the glory of God. I've seen the transformation. I've seen this sin or this worry or this, this thing that dogs my tracks day and night and night and day. I've seen that thing set aside and gone. I've seen myself running the race. I've seen myself obtaining the prize of the mark of the high calling. So today's suffering is nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed. I've seen my loved one being born again. I've seen me speaking to a, a sickness or disease. I've seen myself laying hands on the sick and the sick recovering. God wants you to see yourself doing something and then just act on what you see. Just act on what you see. 
You know, there's just been times when I've been, I've been in prayer and, and just in a service, all of a sudden I'll just see a service and I'll see myself doing something in that service. And you can see it and go, whoo, awesome. But then you have to do what you saw yourself do in order to see the results. God wants to show you his eternal plan. He wants to show you the people that you work with and what influence he wants you to have in that place. He wants you to show you truly the influence that he's ordained for you to have in your family and in your home. He wants to show you those things, and he wants to show you so you can start speaking in line with that. Not what somebody else has told you about your life, not what somebody else has told you you'll become, but what God has told you you'll become. We begin to speak those things out in our meditation time, in our prayer time, in our communion with God. We begin to speak those things out. And I know many people continue, and I'm just trying to share this, and it seems so elementary, and I stumble over it, but how am I going to do that? Well, the first way that we do that is you, got, you have to put the Word of God in your heart. And I know we said it before, but how are we going to put the Word of God in our heart? We're going to have to be aware of how things enter our heart. And the way that things enter our heart are through our sense gates. And so throughout the scripture, Jesus said, watch what you touch. Watch what you touch. Watch what you're always getting your hands involved in. Watch what you look at. Watch what you listen to. Watch what comes out of your mouth. Because all of those things are entrances into your heart. They affect your heart. I'm telling you, things that you, I mean, your senses are so, I don't know how yours are. Well, mine are waning a little bit, but my, your senses, I mean, I can smell a smell at springtime, and immediately, the whole picture in my mind, I can go back to when I was 12 years old on a baseball field based on a smell. I can see it. I mean, I can see it. In the hot summer, I can, I can, I mean, all of a sudden, there'll just be a smell. There may be a noise, and it'll take you somewhere that you've been. It'll cause you to see something. Your senses are powerful in how they interact with your heart. And the enemy wants us to take it for granted, but the Bible continues to tell us, beware, be watchful of what you hear. Watch what you look at. Watch what you put your eyes upon and gaze upon. Watch what comes out of your mouth because it's what affects your heart. Proverbs says, guard your heart because out of it flow the very issues of life. When God's word is hidden in our hearts, when God's word is what fills our hearts, the very issues of everyday life, marriage, family, work, finances, retirement, education, calling, vocation, all of that stuff is in God's word for you. It's all will bring revelation to everyday life. We too often try to find it separate from his word. But when you find out what God has created you to do, the very issues of life flow out of that place. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We magnify you. I, I, I just...